Aloha, Divine Soul. You're listening to The Uplifting Podcast. This is your space for cosmic conversations. I'm your host, Randy Lee, 6'2 Sacral Generator with the Cross of Cycles 2. As a modern mystic and channel, my gift is translating esoteric wisdom and complex systems like human design and the gene keys into easily understandable language so you can uncover your inner truth and the higher purpose of your DNA. Each week, I bring you powerful conversations with fractal family who are embodying their soul's purpose, as well as solo episodes from me to support you in aligning with your unique design. Human design and gene keys are your personal roadmap to awakening. You are a once in a lifetime cosmic event that will never be duplicated or repeated. Are you ready to unlock the magic within you? It's time to be uplifted. Let's take off. Aloha, Divine Souls, and welcome back to the Uplifting Podcast. I'm so excited to be back with you this week. Last week was the first week in over three years that I didn't post a new podcast episode. I've posted a new podcast episode every Wednesday since I launched the podcast back in 2019. So I guess it's been almost four years. Anyhow, I needed to have a little break. I was really overwhelmed with things that I needed to get done and just could not squeeze in creating a new podcast episode. There's actually going to be some changes coming to the podcast, which I will let you know about in a couple of weeks. We're actually going to be in the final stretch of this current iteration of the podcast, and I'll share more about that with you in an upcoming podcast episode, but I wanted to just let you know that change is coming to the podcast. This change has been a long time coming, and I'm really excited to share with you really soon about the new direction and changes that are coming to the Uplifting Podcast. Today, what I wanted to talk to you about is the chronicles of having an undefined G-Center. I have an undefined G-Center in human design, and it has been the area where I've experienced, I think, the greatest amount of conditioning. It's the area that I'm still working on deconditioning, but it's also been a great source of self-discovery and really allowing me to embrace the ever-evolving and changing nature of my identity and of who I am and how I show up in the world. So before we get into the chronicles of the Undefined G-Center and what that has looked like in my life, let's lay a little groundwork in terms of what the G-Center is, what it looks like when it's defined versus undefined, and then we'll get into my story and how it has been a source of conditioning, but also how it has been a source of self-discovery and how trying on so many different identities has really helped me discover who I am while also embracing that I'm here to experience being many different things and not ever really cling to or limit my expression based on one identity. The G center in human design is the center that's a diamond shape right in the center of the body graph. The G center is related to the heart chakra, 
because in 1781, when we transitioned from being seven-centered beings to being nine-centered beings, this is when the heart chakra split off and created what is now the G-center and then our heart center or our will center, our ego center. So the G-Center and the Heart Center in human design are deeply connected because they both used to be the heart chakra. It's really about identity, love, purpose, direction. This is our identity center. It's what gives our life direction. It's what dictates our direction in life, where we're going. And it's also our source of identity. So approximately 56% of the population have a defined G-Center, while 44% of the population have an undefined or open G-Center. So if your G-Center is defined, then you're going to really have a consistent sense of who you are. You're going to have a consistent sense of your life direction and where you're going in life. But in our defined centers, that's also where we can have a fear of being too much and we can repress our natural energy out of that fear of being too much. So if you have a defined G center, what it looks like when you're out of alignment is having a fear that being your true self will be too much. So you can feel ashamed of who you are and where you're going and like you have to hide your authentic self. You can also feel pressure to be more like other people and be comparing yourself to others and not giving yourself that permission to really be your full and authentic self and express that authentically. So if you have a defined G-Center, what it looks like when you are in alignment is really owning who you are and expressing yourself authentically and boldly. You're proud of who you are and your identity and your direction, and you feel safe to be yourself and show up as your authentic self in all spaces. If you have an undefined G-Center, then you don't necessarily have a consistent sense of who you are or your life direction or where you're going. Our open or undefined centers are really the places that we're here to learn and go to school in this lifetime. So if you have an undefined G-Center, then you're here to learn about identity and love, life direction and purpose in this lifetime. With having an undefined G-Center, your identity, your direction isn't fixed in life. Where somebody who has a defined identity, that's going to be more fixed. So our defined centers, you can kind of think about it as fixed energy where the undefined energy is more fluid energy. It can experience a wide spectrum of how that energy shows up in that center where somebody who has that center defined, where it's fixed, they're filtering it through the experience of that defined channel that defines their G-Center. So they're going to have a more limited way of experiencing the energy of the G-Center. So a lot of times we can think of our undefined centers as a weakness because we're not generating energy there, but really they can be immense strengths because we don't have that fixed energy in our undefined centers. Because they are open, they're undefined, they're more receptive, more fluid, we really get to experience the full spectrum of what's possible. And because of that, that's why we get to become really, really wise in these areas. 
but we only become wise after we let go of the conditioning that comes from the feeling that we have to have that area defined. There's so much conditioning in the world that says we have to know who we are and the direction that we're going in life. And especially if you are a generator in human design, you know, the generator mantra is know thyself. We're really here as generators to be on a path of self-discovery and really know who we are. But that can be challenging if you have a undefined G-Center because that's not going to be something that is innate or comes really naturally to you. It's going to be something that you're here to learn about and become wise about. But over time, over many, many experiences with having that undefined G-Center, all of those experiences is really how you become wise in that area. And often our greatest challenges can be our greatest teachers. That can be the greatest source of wisdom. So when we can start to become aware of the conditioning in our open or undefined centers and where that conditioning can pull us into non-self themes, once we can start to witness that and become aware of it, when that comes up again, when we're faced with the same pattern, you know, the same kind of decision And normally we would go down the same route that leads us to those non-self themes. Instead of doing that, instead of going along with our old programming, we can really make a conscious decision to act differently, to react and respond in a different way that is in alignment with our undefined center instead of falling into the non-self themes. So what it looks like if you have an undefined G-Center when it's out of alignment is searching for a sense of who you are. You can be clingy or codependent, especially with a partner if they have a defined G-Center because they can give you a sense of identity or you might even be clingy or codependent with something externally that is giving you a sense of identity. You can search for lovability. You can desire success so that you can feel loved. You know, feeling like if you're successful, then you'll be lovable. Or if you make more and more money and look successful externally, then you'll be lovable. And you can struggle with self-image and with self-love. If you have an undefined G-Center when it's in alignment, this is letting go of the pressure to use labels to identify yourself. You let go of identities that no longer serve you. So you can try on identities and, you know, really have fun with playing with different identities, trying them on, but you don't have to cling to them. You don't have to allow those identities to limit your expression. And you're focused on what is correct for you right now. So an identity that might be correct for you right now, that might feel supportive for you right now, might eventually start to feel limiting and may no longer really be serving you, may no longer be in alignment for you. But with having an undefined G-Center, if you're not aware of that, you can become clingy and really overly identify with that identity and allow it to limit your expression instead of remaining open, instead of just taking that identity on for as long as it serves you and then letting it go as you grow and evolve and change because you're really embracing that ever-changing, evolving nature of who you are as somebody with an undefined G-Center. When it's in alignment, you really know that you're inherently lovable and you don't have to change yourself or be successful to prove that. You don't have to accumulate things externally in order to prove that you are lovable. 
So I've really experienced this in my life. Like I mentioned, this has been one of the areas of my design where I've experienced the most conditioning and where I'm still continuously deconditioning. And I can see the way that my undefined emotional solar plexus and my open throat are also impacted by my undefined G-center. So I can struggle with expressing my truth, with speaking my truth, and avoid truth and confrontation in my undefined emotional solar plexus because I'm afraid that if I speak my truth or have a conversation with somebody that might be confrontational, that I'll no longer be lovable, that I'll be rejected by that person. And so instead, I just repress my own truth. I don't speak my truth. I don't have difficult conversations. And so in many ways, my undefined emotional solar plexus, when I am in the non-self theme there of avoiding truth and confrontation, the root of it is really in my undefined G-center of being afraid of being unlovable. In my open throat, I can do things to try to get attention, to try to be seen and heard because I feel like then I'll be lovable. Like if I can get attention, if I can be seen and I can be heard, then I'll feel like I'm loved. Or I can feel like if I get attention and I'm seen and I'm heard, then I'll feel more secure in my life direction, in my life purpose. So I've really discovered the ways that my non-self themes of my open and undefined centers are really interwoven with one another. And it all seems to come back to my undefined G-center. This is because this is a very powerful center in our human design chart. It is our internal GPS system. It's the home of the magnetic monopole, which is what gives our life direction. The magnetic monopole is the driver of our physical vehicle, of our body. So the magnetic monopole is literally what is giving our vehicle its direction, what is driving it in the course of its unique geometry, its unique trajectory. And the eight gates in the G-Center are very powerful because they split up the rave mandala in eight equal parts. And they set the foundation for the lower trigram of the seven gates that follow. So the eight gates in the G-Center are giving the rave mandala itself its direction. It's setting its direction. It's setting the course for the seven hexagrams that follow one of the G-Center gates. It sets the direction for those gates. It sets the foundation of the lower trigram. The G-Center is also what holds us in the illusion of our separateness. And separation is the six-line core wound in the Venus sequence. And I actually have a six-line core wound. So my core wound of separation, of feeling like I'm disconnected from myself, from others, from the whole, is a deep wound of mine. So I can really see the way that this six-line wound of separation is connected to my undefined G-center and to really wanting to feel like I am a part of something greater, I'm a part of the whole, feel like I am lovable, like I'm accepted. I have a lot of tribal circuitry in my design, 
And so I want to be a part of community. I want to be a part of a tribe. But I've often felt like I have to sacrifice who I am in order to be loved and accepted. I also have one individual channel, which actually defines my mind. So I have a very individual mind, a very mutative way of thinking, of conceptualizing, of making sense of the world. And I've often felt like I had to repress that. I had to not really let people know how I thought about things or how I really saw things because I felt like I would be unlovable if I really shared who I authentically am with others. So one of my biggest lessons in life has been that true community, true belonging comes from first belonging to myself, falling in love with who I am myself, like not needing anybody else to validate that or approve of who I am. The only person who needs to approve of that is me. And so as long as I feel like I am showing up in the world in a way that is really in integrity with my soul, with my values, with who I am at a deep level, regardless of labels or anything external, when I feel like that's in alignment, then that's really when I'm showing up authentically as my true self and will then start to attract the people who are meant to be in my community, who are meant to be a part of my tribe, rather than feeling like I can only be accepted and fit in when I sacrifice or compromise my true self. And doing so is what has led to a lot of the pain and suffering and challenges in my life, especially in relationships, both romantic but also friendships. When I felt like I needed to be somebody else or sacrifice who I am, compromise who I am in order to be loved and be accepted, that's really when the shadows in my chart would show up when the non-self themes would show up, and I would face a lot of external and internal resistance in my life. So since being in my human design experiment, a lot of the deconditioning process has been around learning to embrace my ever-changing and evolving identity and to not cling to any label to give me a sense of who I am, but really allowing myself to try on different identities for as long as it might serve me. And knowing that through that experience, I actually discover something about who I am that I can take from that experience of trying that identity on, but that identity itself does not define me. So I want to just share with you some of the identities that I've had in the past and then leading up to the present and how some of the past identities that I've had, even though I no longer identify with those identities and have evolved beyond them, they have taught me something about myself, something that I can take away from that experience something that still stays with me even after I no longer identify as that thing anymore. There's still a part of me that continues, that is preserved, that I take with me moving forward. Did you know that there are several placements in your natal chart that you won't find in your normal human design chart? 
These are what I call hidden gates because they may not actually be defined in your design, but will still have an impact on your life. The hidden gates in your chart include the four angles of your birth chart, your ascendant, descendant, MC, and IC, as well as your Chiron and your black moon Lilith. How the energy of these hidden gates manifests in your life depends on whether this gate is normally defined in your chart or if it comes from a defined or undefined center. You could also potentially have other hidden gates that form channels that aren't normally defined in your chart. Other hidden gates might link up with hanging gates that you have in your chart creating new channels. My friend Gina Redondi and I have teamed up to create the Hidden Gate series, where we break down how all of these elements influence these hidden gates and dive deep into understanding and applying these placements into your life through synthesizing the wisdom of astrology, human design, and the gene keys. We've created masterclasses on your rising sign, Chiron, Midheaven, IC, and Black Moon Lilith. Included in each of these masterclasses is a video recording of the masterclass and PDF of the slides. Plus, you'll receive a copy of your advanced natal chart from Genetic Matrix. You can purchase either a single masterclass or enroll in all four and save over $70. Go to the link in the show notes now to learn more about your hidden gates. One of the first identities that I ever had was being born into the Mormon church. So being Mormon, being a member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, that was an identity that, you know, is still a big part of my lineage. It's a big part of my ancestors and where I've come from. I'm a seventh or eighth generation Mormon So my ancestors are some of the earliest members of the Mormon church, and I have pioneer ancestry. However, I never really fully identified as Mormon because I didn't really believe in the Mormon truth claims or in the culture of the church. I knew from a young age that it wasn't the right fit for me. But something that I still take with me that I learned in the Mormon church is the importance of service. Also, that's really when I started to question things, to think critically, and that's always been a big part of who I am. I mean, my rising sign is in gate 63, which is the gate of doubt. I'm here to doubt and question things and discover the truth, you know, discover the underlying patterns beneath things. And that's something that's always been a part of me. That, along with learning the importance of serving others, is something that I still take with me to this day and is a big part of my identity. I grew up being a competitive swimmer. One of my first jobs was as a lifeguard being a part of a team sport, being involved in a community, that's always been something that's been important to me. And also just loving physical movement and especially my connection with the water. I mean, Pisces rising, I've always been in love with the water and being in the water. That's something even to this day that's still a deep part of who I am. Another past identity was as a nerd, as somebody who was very studious. And again, that's something even to this day, like I love to learn. I'm a continuous learner. 
I love to study things and to dive deep into understanding a variety of different topics. Another past identity was a fitness instructor and a competitive power lifter. And those kind of go back to like my swimmer and lifeguard phase where being a fitness instructor was about serving other people while also still getting to do something that I loved, which was teaching these fitness classes and moving my body and being a competitive power lifter, even though it is in a lot of ways an individual sport, it's still team focused. Like you really can't do it on your own, even though you are the one lifting the weights. There is so much team effort that goes into preparing for a competition, but also executing on the day of the competition. So being a competitive power lifter was actually one of the hardest identities for me to let go of because I gained so much recognition and notoriety here in Hawaii as a competitive power lifter. And I thought, like, if I give up this identity, who am I going to be? What are people going to know me as? Are people still going to like me if I don't have this identity? So I clung to that identity for longer than it was truly serving me. And if it wasn't for the pandemic shutting, you know, the gyms down, I don't know if I would have gotten out of that without seriously injuring myself even more than I had already been injured. I also went through a phase where I was a nudist. Like I went to nudist parties. We would go on like nudist hikes and take different pictures in nature. I was a part of a calendar that was called Naked in Nature, and it was a calendar of different people posing naked in nature. Sometimes I'm like, oh my gosh, I can't believe I did that. (laughs) But, you know, this was in a stage in my life where I was really learning to embrace my body and love my body regardless of size. And so starting to actually look at my body in its purest form without clothes on was actually so healing. And so even though now I no longer feel like I have to do that, I've still taken with me that deep feeling of love and appreciation for my physical body that was really strengthened during that experience of being a nudist. So some of the more recent identities that I've taken on, one is being a business owner. And that's another one, too, that I can see that I cling to sometimes. Taking on a second job last year really allowed me to loosen my grip on the identity of being a business owner. Like I'm still a business owner. It doesn't take away from my business that I also have a job that I do on the side. For so long, I think I bought into that belief that if you're not full-time in your business, then you're a failure, then you're not all in and you need to be all in. Otherwise, you're a failure. And I just no longer subscribe to that belief. I really feel like having a side job allows me to approach my business in a way that comes from alignment rather than feeling this pressure to just make a lot of money. I can do things because they really bring me satisfaction rather than doing it with this agenda just to make money. But also learning to not cling as tightly to this identity of being a business owner. It's also allowed me to embrace that maybe one day this identity will no longer serve me and it'll be okay for me to let go of it. 
I also really have begun to identify as an activist, as somebody who is an ally for oppressed and marginalized groups. This year, I also came out as being bi. I identify as queer and as bisexual, and it's something that I've always kind of known, I think, from a young age that I wasn't straight. Like, I always have known that I've been attracted to both men and women. I'm also attracted to non-binary folks and to trans folks. This has been an identity that has been with me for a long time, but I have struggled to really embrace because of my own internalized homophobia. That was a really big breakthrough for me this year when I was able to come out to my parents and take on this identity of being queer. So in many ways, this identity of being queer has been a liberating experience for me rather than limiting my expression, which has been my experience in the past with taking on other identities. It often becomes a limitation where for me, identifying as queer has really felt liberating in so many ways. Another identity that I've definitely taken on is as a human design and Gene Keys reader, coach, and guide. That's been something that I've had to even look at more critically and examine how tightly I am clinging to these systems or overly identifying with these systems. And just in that process of witnessing that, examining my relationship with these systems, It's allowed me to not cling to them, not hold them as tightly. And again, that has allowed me to embrace that there may come a time that this identity no longer serves me and it's time for me to let go of this identity. So for me, it's just been this continual process of looking at the identities that I have taken on in any moment because there can be several identities that I am trying on in any particular season of life, being able to look and see and identify what are the identities that I'm taking on, that I'm trying in this season of life, and are they still serving me? Is this identity still serving me? And if not, am I able to let go of it? Am I able to release it? Or am I feeling like I need to cling to it? Am I holding on to it tightly? And if so, why might that be? Starting to get curious and examine how that might be rooted in a shadow or a non-self theme of one of my open or undefined centers. Or even just the G-Center itself with feeling like I need to have a consistent sense of identity and direction, which can cause me to hold on to those identities that are no longer serving me. So if at any time a particular identity becomes limiting in the way that I express myself or experience life, then I know that it's really no longer serving me because I'm here to experience the full spectrum of life through trying on all different types of identities. And it's never designed to be limiting. It's designed to really be a source of self-discovery, to discover these deeper parts of who I am that persist even after I've let go of old identities. There's these like deeper parts of who I am at a soul level that are still with me. And that's really, for me, been 
the purpose of trying on all these different identities is they can be that source of self-discovery for me to really learn who I am because it's not going to be something that is innate that I just know because I have an undefined G-Center. This is what I'm learning through my life experiences. I'm learning about who I am on a soul level that goes beyond labels or external identities. So maybe you have a defined G-Center, but you know somebody in your life who has an undefined G-Center. It's really important that you not put pressure on that individual to be the same person all the time, to have the same identity all the time. I think a lot of times we can feel like the people in our lives need to be the same person, but the truth is is that all of us, even if you have a defined G-Center, you're still going to grow, you're still going to evolve. And so the more we can give permission to one another to grow and evolve and change and not have to be the same, I think we can all experience the true wisdom and power that comes from the undefined G-Center. The undefined and open G-Center is here to even impart that wisdom to the defined G-Center that it's safe to grow, it's safe to evolve, it's safe to change, and that who you are on a deep soul level persists even as the world around you changes and evolves. Who you are at a soul level is still there, will still persist throughout. And it's just about not feeling like you need those external identities or labels to define who you are. Because who you are can never truly be defined by any sort of external label. Any label, any name that you give to identify who you are will inherently be limiting because, you know, when you put a label on something like saying, I'm a business owner. It immediately limits you to what that looks like, what that definition is. And so any labels that we take on will inherently be limiting. So it's really learning to embrace the fact that who we are can never truly be defined by any sort of label. I hope you have enjoyed this episode and I look forward to connecting with you in the next three episodes, which will be the final three episodes of this iteration of the podcast. Again, more details of that will be coming soon, but you're not going to want to miss these final three episodes. Make sure you tune in so you can hear the announcement of the future direction of the podcast and how you can be involved in that future direction and what is in store for you over the next few months here in the podcast. Thank you so much for all of your love and support and for being a part of the Uplifting Podcast community. I'll talk to you in the next episode. Aloha. Thank you so much for sharing a piece of your day with me. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast so you never miss an episode. My favorite thing is connecting with you on Instagram or in my free community, Embodiment by Design. Follow me on Instagram at Lee and take a screenshot of this episode to let me know what resonated with you the most or your biggest takeaways. You can also rate and review the podcast on iTunes, which helps get the message out to more people. I believe that human design and gene keys should be knowledge we all have access to. So if this message resonates with you, it would mean so much to me if you shared it with someone you love. 
Thank you for being a part of this community and for your devotion to embodying your authentic self. I see you. I recognize the inner work that you're doing. It never goes unnoticed. Until next time, soul family, stay uplifted. This podcast is brought to you by Contessa Digital.